These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers some sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. We're here in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Producer Jane is here. George is here. Alex is here. TJ's here. Oh, hey. What's going on, TJ? (laughs) Oh, you know, life. TJ, you look like... Popeye the Sailor Man. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's better than Kramer, I guess, right? Uh, if, Popeye was known for those biceps. <laughs> but I'm thinking Popeye, but if it's some sort of gender reversal. Oh, okay. Right? Where Olive was really a man and you're kind of like an what? effeminine oh, Popeye. Oh, no, I see. It's like wow. if Hillary Duff was Popeye. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Or a young Art Garfunkel. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I guess it's better than Kramer. It's like last Anything's week. Anything's better than Kramer. Mm, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I well, want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TJ, do we need to recharge you? <laughs> TJ, I think you're uncomfortable with silence. Yes. Because often before I speak, I mm. wait for a moment of silence, but you tend to always need to fill it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like dead air. I'm like Art Golf Uncle singing about songs of silence, sound of silence. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't do that. Which is ironic because it's a song about silence, and that doesn't make sense at all, right? Because it's not silence; it's just the sounds of silence, right? That's how it goes. Here comes my old friend. <laughs> Please, someone take it from here. <laughs> all right. Sounds of silence. <laughs> this is so uncomfortable. Ah. Uh, Segment two. <laughs> well, y'all remember Gossip Girl? I feel like sweaty right now. I feel like we just got insight into TJ's thought process <laughs> yeah. nonstop. That's what goes on inside there. It's just like a t- continuous loop of Simon Garfunkel <laughs> singing songs Sound of silence. silence. Yeah, I think it's okay to let it breathe. With the trust uh, that someone else will pick it up. Mm, no. Sorry. We're not there yet, I think. You said so trust, and I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's the missing mm-hmm. component over here. Yeah. yeah. Like, We're going to do two more years of knowing each other. George, how many episodes have we done so far? Uh, 50 almost. How many yeah. do you think you'll need, TJ, before you trust us? Like 200 or something. <laughs> right. or, or maybe just a few where he's not told he looks like Kramer or Popeye yeah. or Hitler or something. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Can we get some like current good looking guys? I thought like, you was going to say you want encouragement, not that you want to be... <laughs> I want more current insults. <laughs> right. Yeah. Quit with his 90s references, please. <laughs> TJ, you look like an anorexic Jason Siegel. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't Wait. think we can make fun Jason's... of that. It wasn't an insult. Oh, all right. Wait. TJ... For the listeners that don't know who Jason Siegel is. He was the I guy know. from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. The tall one. Okay. Um, George, Alexandria, and TJ. With so many candidates vying for president, I've come to a very important decision. My fellow Americans and the funniest people I know, podcast and radio show listeners, my name is Will Amato. Today, I'd like to officially announce my intention to run for president of the United States in 2020. (gasps) 
Yay! Okay. Oh, pause. I don't think I can go through this Thank again. You. Okay. Again? Yeah. Because, you know, when Will ran last time? It's just a lot. We go through so much press, intense coverage of the media, spotlight, <laughs> and just, like, all of our stuff is dug up and brought to light. <laughs> I see. I can't do it again. Yeah, because famously they check out your family and <laughs> anyone you were ever on a podcast exactly. with. Exactly. Ten years ago, TJ tweeted this nonsense. What do you have to say about that? I would leave the country. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to run as a Republican or a Democrat. I'll be running with the support of a brand new party for which I'm currently the sole member. (laughs) The Funny People Party. Okay. Let's get into the issues. Mm -hmm. My big ticket issue is the environment. We all need one, so I'm for it. (laughs) I think trees are nice. They provide shade. Nuts, and a haven for all kinds of furry and feathered creatures. Trees are also the very best place to hang a hammock. (laughs) Nuts. My first day in... (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) My first day in office, I will sign an executive order that provides a double-nest Eno hammock for every American. They don't want that. Just send them 20 bucks. I also want to talk about my second important issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Immigration. I myself am an immigrant. My wife Lily and I migrated to Atlanta from the war-torn streets of New York City. Oh, come on. <laughs> we were both persecuted by casting directors, oppressive talent agencies, and handsy producers. We came to Atlanta for a better life, and I'm proud to report that since we arrived, my car has only been stolen once. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good, though. Just once? How long have you been here? Three years. Oh, wow. Third big ticket issue, gun control. Guns are the cold, hard metal that helped shape America. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes they're a lot of fun. What I don't like are funerals, because there's always so much food, and who feels like eating near a dead guy? (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) When I'm president, (laughs) I guarantee that every American will be able to keep their guns. But on day one in office, we'll take away your bullets. I have a short list here of the acceptable types of bullets in Will's Funny America. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one. Are these bullet pointed? They are. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nerf bullets. <laughs> nice. Two. Paintball pellets. Those hurt. Yes. Three. Sweat bullets. Okay. <laughs> Four. T-shirt bullets because T-shirt cannons are fun. And okay. five. Marshmallow out of a PVC pipe gun. Huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. About me. You're probably thinking, who is this character? What qualifications does he have to earn my vote? Same. Well, I'll tell you. I hold a BFA in music theater from Elon University. Hmm. (laughs) Though my card is now expired, I was once Wilderness First Aid certified. (laughs) I also know about hardship and dedication. The pants that we wore in ballet class were extremely tight, difficult to wear... And made my ass look big. Well, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. That's a presidential qualification. I've ever yeah, heard one. Exactly. I'm also a retired Navy veteran, having served my country faithfully for Nickelodeon aboard the Norwegian Jewel <laughs> and hosting Slime Time Live for Norwegian Cruise Lines. I know how to handle myself in a fight, having once been very close friends with Captain Jack Sparrow at there Disney we World. Go. Yeah, I was looking for it. And finally, <laughs> I believe in good, sound leadership. Which is why we'll have the funniest cabinet in American history. For vice president, Whoopi Goldberg. 
She's awesome. Because she's fly and smart and hilarious. Mm-hmm. For chief of staff, Jamie Foxx dressed as the cowboy from Django Unchained. <laughs> that works. For Secretary of Defense, Nick Offerman, who will rule with a firm hand, but avoid going to war. For Secretary of the EPA, Beyonce. Because I saw the Lion King spirit music video, and she's basically Mother Nature. (laughs) (laughs) True. And finally, for White House Press Secretary, the monk from the Buddhist monetary I attend, because those guys just get it. In closing, vote Will Amato for the Funny People Party for President. Put the punchline back in politics. Well, I'm on board. Thank you. Yeah, I signed me up. I still need some more information, but I support your efforts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. I feel like I didn't win you over with that speech, Alexandria. I'm a hard sell. Don't feel bad. TJ, where do you stand? I don't know. I like Buttigieg really well. Like, so. <laughs> so it's just coming down to Will or Mayor Pete? Mm, hey, I'll take those odds. Yeah, sure. I Good think luck. it <laughs> is one of the more compelling reasons I've heard from the now, I guess, 27 candidates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, putting the funny back into politics. Yes. Yeah, and it was coherent and no BS. I don't feel your platform was very clear. Thank I you. Feel like most of America's GDP—that's the word, right? Anyway, it's a word. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. let's go with it. Will be spent <laughs> on accommodating your cabinet, their demands, their writers. Yeah, like how Nick Offerman only eats green M and M's. Well, Beyonce <laughs> alone—that's yeah. majority, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's a lot. She only eats bespoke M and M's made <laughs> specifically for her with the little bees on them. Yeah, oh. that's true. But you know what? That will be offset when I eliminate. Eliminate the military. Oh. That's safe. Yeah. Right. I think I might be back on the line. <laughs> right. I told you, we need to do our research, George. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we need to see you on a debate stage with Kamala Harris, and we can decide then. I look forward to the opportunity to debate my opponents. TJ, I understand yes. you've been watching some TV. I have, Will, and I've been following the news. Once you know it, our favorite TV show, well, I don't know about art, but mine, A Gossip Girl, is returning Y'all remember that show? It started in the mid-2000s about a wealthy group of friends and their crazy shenanigans up and down New York City's Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blake Lively was there, and it was narrated by Kristen Bell. Well, it looks like HBO is ordering 10-hour-long episodes. Ooh. So while Hollywood's on this whole reboot high, I thought we'd go around and suggest what other TV favorites we want to bring back. I'll start off. I know Jennifer Aniston's really busy these days, but the only characters I think we truly loved from friends that made the show were Joe and Phoebe. I'd love to see the comeback make its return. It was the Kathy Griffin-inspired Valley Cherish character that had more layers than a genetically modified onion. (laughs) (laughs) We laughed, we cried, and we're always waiting for her through the highs and lows. Speaking of lows, lastly, I asked Nickelodeon to bring back the Amanda show. It's time Amanda Vines made a comeback, and Mm -hmm. that bottomless pit of orange blimps and green slime owes it to her. (laughs) I would love a comeback of the comeback. Me too. It comes back every four years, right? I think it's 10, but yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like Haley's Comet. Oh, it is. You're right. You inspired me. First show on my list, Living Single. Mm-hmm. I watch it a lot on Hulu, along with a lot of other 90s classic television shows. 
I just want to catch up with the four of them. I want to see what Regine and Maxine and Khadija and Sinclair and Obi and, oh no, and Kyle, what they were doing. I want to know if they're still in that nice apartment. Hopefully they're not still roommates because like, yeah, that'd be point, weird. they're yeah. like 50 or something. Like. Well, they could recreate the Golden Girls at this age, I think. Oh, Ooh. like they all live in like a nice resort or maybe they've made their way to. It'll like... be called Living Golden. I love it. Ooh. Let's pitch it to Queen <laughs> yeah. Latifah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Is she doing the theme song again? Mm-hmm. She has to. We uh, are living golden. Golden. Living. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Dexter, just because I want to redo the ending. Okay. Do you guys have shows that you loved that the writers ruined the plot and you would love to see it come back or... Lost. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Dexter's my lost. I need it to come back just so I can rewrite it. You should fix it. I know I could. And I think they should let me. It should have went along the lines of a Breaking Bad type ending or something. But they wanted to make him a freaking lumberjack or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That was stupid. He's the brawny man. He did look like the brawny I was. That, I'm still pissed about it because I was really <laughs> dedicated to Dexter. I read at least five chapters of that first book that the show is based off of. I read, I read at least five chapters of the There's book. There's a book? <laughs> Why? Oh, that's oh your God. point. <laughs> wow. That's the evidence. That's crazy. And because of that, I'm in touch. Those <laughs> first five pages was all I needed to know who Look, was. I can be for. a priest. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I get the Bible. Exactly. Good times. I would love to see good times come back, but with a 2019 spin. That'd be so good. Yeah. 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 What are the hard times? What are your temporary setbacks? Janet's not doing anything. They should do that. Yeah. Okay. We're pitching Living Golden and Good Times too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Too good times. Too good. More good times. (laughs) Additional good times. Better times. Yeah. What do you got, George? I like the idea of fixing Lost, but I think that the West Wing should come back. Mm -hmm. And they set it up in the finale. You find out that Rob Lowe has become president at some point, so we should see Rob Lowe's presidency. I'd mm-hmm. love to see Married with Children come back, <gasps> and oh, it could be called yeah. Married with Grandchildren. Yes. You know, what are Al and Peggy doing with those grandkids? I Not think that'll be great. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I would love to see Oprah come back. Oh. oh. Once a week is not enough. Oh, you went to talk shows. Okay. I didn't know talk wow. shows was fair. All right. Yeah, me neither. We're doing well, I didn't know. Shows. There was no rules. You said what shows were you want to see. I guess. I, I like, love it. Ellen, come back. Ellen's not gone. <laughs> She's not gone. Oh, what? Oh, sweet. <laughs> Ellen, I, keep doing your thing. <laughs> I want NBC Conan. I know he's on TBS, yeah. but it's not the same. Yeah. What about you, Will? Boston Legal, number one. <laughs> yeah. What age are you? Right, Will. Oh, James Spader and William Shatner, <laughs> flamingos, drinking scotch on the porch, fighting big lawsuits and delivering the winning speech. I have all five seasons on DVD. Was that the one when Cameron Mannheim was one of the attorneys? No, that's a practice. Eh, never mind. Number two. <laughs> Boston Regal? Boston Legal. Boston Regal. Oh, okay. It's about (laughs) the queen running a law firm. Boston Regal is about a bunch of teenagers in the wood who work in a movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) The Sopranos. Oh, okay. Seven seasons wasn't enough. Now, we don't have Gandolfini. Mm -hmm. Open to suggestions on who the new boss becomes. I think it should be Silvio who was one of his second in charge, Steve Van Zandt. I think it should be the therapist. 
She knew everything. Dr. Melfi? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, what if it's Carlotta and she's remarried? <laughs> Carlotta was running it anyway. <laughs> Carmella. 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 Carlotta, you know. Yeah. Close enough. Tomato, tomato. Or, you know, maybe Anthony. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> maybe Anthony Jr. is running the family now. His son. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And finally, and this one I really mean, Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. You know, I was such a huge fan of the show because they were tough. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. were kind of macho guys that could lift weights and catch bad guys. Mm-hmm. Except in every episode, they help rehabilitate the criminal that they catch. Oh, they did. So it was this cool, tough guy thing. Yeah. But they also had compassion and humanity. And it was in Hawaii, which always made me want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that need help. All of us, if you ask me. It's funny that you mentioned that because I'm on this whole wave right now of killing yourself and trying to overcome the things that you feel like weigh you down. I suck at this journey, but I'm trying <laughs> every day. It's and a rocky journey at first. I like to say that I'm in an on-again, off-again relationship with self-care <laughs> and therapy. Yes. Sometimes we're good to each other. Sometimes we really hate each other. Sometimes we cuss each other out. Sometimes we hug. It depends. It depends on where I'm at with it. But three years ago, I moved to Atlanta. Any big life transition, you sometimes go into a weird, oh, I feel like I'm spiraling. Because mm-hmm. that's how mm-hmm. my spiraling voice sounds. I'm spiraling. Oh, same voice. Yeah. Yeah. Me it's mm-hmm. me saying it to you. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're spiraling, TJ. You're spiraling. It's like you're on the phone. <laughs> right. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Recently, especially now that I have a real job, a full-time job that allows me benefits and insurance, things like that, I've tried to take it upon myself to start therapy. Oh, and cool. I, I would talk about How's it. How's that going? I've only been to one session. <laughs> okay. But it was good. It was nice mm. to have someone just basically make you feel like everything you say is right. I was mm. like, oh, snap. This has never happened before. <laughs> um, What's your therapist like? She's really cool. Young black lady. She is also an Aries, which I think hooked me. I'm supposed to have another appointment Mm -hmm. soon. (laughs) Uh Yeah. That's probably Mm -hmm. why I'm in this on again, off again relationship. You don't have like follow up appointments. Yeah. (laughs) I don't keep in touch. Um, (laughs) Does she keep the room dim? No. Leave no details out. She's in a suite. So it's a view? No, she was in one of the windowless rooms. Oh. But across from it, uh-huh. there was windows. There's a great view from the ladies' room. <laughs> right. Ooh, that's nice, though. I talked about myself straight, mm-hmm. probably for 40 minutes. And then I was, oh, girl, yeah. I am so sorry. I didn't ask anything about you. Right. <laughs> How's your day been? Do you, do you need something? <laughs> like, can I get you a Yeah. Just the check, thank you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I really appreciated having someone that at least validates things that you're feeling. That was a really cool experience because mm-hmm. I think that was something that was a little foreign to me. It's human nature when you interact with people. They're like, no, you're being whatever. And sometimes, no, I'm not being whatever. I have a valid perspective right now and I feel like this and the world is on fire and nobody else sees it but me and you're all dumb. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is it it's good to get that validation that you're right and everyone else is dumb. That's all I've ever needed. It was just a really cool experience talking with her. It's also led me to want to focus on exercises that I can do every day in my personal life. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention how I started reading 
the first few pages, but I got a lot from the first five pages. I feel like I read the entire book, The Gifts of Imperfection. I don't need to read all of Renee. <laughs> like, I read the prologue. <laughs> yeah. like, mm-hmm. And it was a really strong yes. prologue. And she's got a Netflix special, so I feel like if I at least dedicate 30 mm-hmm. minutes to that. Just watch yeah. the trailer. Exactly. There I'm going to be go. healed. You've um, seen the movie at that point. Yeah. Just that little commercial that Netflix puts on if you leave your road on that. Yeah. Well, and I really think ultimately self-help and getting better is about taking shortcuts. Exactly. I think <laughs> that whole, it's not a race, it's a marathon. Bull crap. I just need to know I'm good. I can get to what I need to do next In week. In fact, maybe she'll offer a 15-minute session. Well, I think as someone courageous, energetic, optimistic, enterprising, I would say independent would be another word I'd use to describe. I love these Uh, adjectives. This sounds like a great thing. Now, I wonder those equal traits in a therapist, Mm -hmm. who's in charge here? (laughs) It's sort of like if Lance Armstrong... That's a horrible example (laughs) because he cheated. But you and your therapist might be the clash of the titans. That's deep. You should make it a reality show. (laughs) You should get real dramatic like Nene and just anytime throw things. Get out of here and tell people to get out of my closet. You can't be here. Yes. Yes. I'm sure your therapist will love that. I think she would understand. She's an Aries. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with someone who has windows and a view. I hope it goes well. I know you're supposed to do at least six before you can get into it. I think that sounds about right. Six or so. Right now, my regimen is to try to see her every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we should check in maybe a few weeks from now. Let us know how it's going. I want to be on again. I want to be in a love-love relationship with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish you well. Folks, it's time for a very popular segment. This is the Writer's Graveyard, and George, you're in the hot seat. Yeah, Will, I found this piece that I wrote a while back, and Alexandria was talking recently about how she needed a new monologue piece, and I thought I would bring it in to see if this is your new monologue. This is called Celebrity Sighting. I'll read stage directions. Here we go. Jackie is shopping with her unseen friend, Denise. A shimmer of silk brings a scarf to her attention. She's in love. Oh, my. (laughs) This is just... Denise, you have got to see this silk scarf. Isn't it gorgeous? She wraps herself in the scarf. Oh, I'll just be the envy of all the moms at the PTA spaghetti dinner. She notices someone across the store. Oh, my God. Is that? No, it can't. Is it? Denise! It's Beyonce! She turns to Denise, who she believes to be right next to her, but she's still off pursuing the sale rack. Damn it, Denise! Come here! Freaking Beyonce is in the mother freaking Target, and you're over there shopping for lingerie in the two for one bin? Like, that's what's going to fix your marriage. Mm-hmm. She turns back to spying on Beyonce. <gasps> I should go talk to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She confidently flings the scarf over her shoulder and marches off, and then turns back around. Oh, mm, no. What do I say? I, <laughs> I can't just walk up to her and say. Hi, Miss Beyonce. My name is Jackie Walker, and I'm your biggest fan. No, mm-mm. I have to say something personal, mm-hmm. something meaningful, <laughs> like how she taught me to be a strong, powerful, sexually unapologetic woman. <laughs> Except, of course, for when I apologize to my boss for accidentally hooking up with her dad. <laughs> she is giddy. As she approaches her hero, she stops short. Damn. Okay, now she's talking to some guy. Jackie waits impatiently for like two seconds. 
Oh my God. Okay, it's been like forever. What could they possibly be talking about for so long? I mean, dude, you just met this lady. You don't actually know her. Ugh. Ugh. What if he's talking about something really deep? Like about the universe? I can't follow that with some stupid fangirl crap. Now she's getting irritated. I don't know what the hell she expects from me. I am a working mother, okay? I can't spend all of my time thinking about the perfect things to say to damn Beyonce. You know what? (laughs) I'm not going to talk to her. She doesn't deserve to meet me. Oh, look, okay. (laughs) He's walking away. (laughs) Now's my chance. Okay. Jackie attempts to walk over but finds herself caught on a clothing rack. Ah! Ah! Oh, oh no! Oh! The scarf! It's it's caught on! She tugs and tugs but can't get free. She starts to panic. (laughs) Denise! She's freaking out like a maniac. Denise! Denise! Oh my gosh, she's leaving. She can't go. I have to talk to her. Beyonce! She's tugging and pulling and freaking the heck out. Hey! Hey! Beyonce! Nothing. Yo, bitch! Silence then. Oh, oh, I I am so sorry, ma'am. I... Damn it, Denise, I told you that wasn't Beyonce. Nice. That was fun. I love that. Denise. I, I accept. Okay, okay. You know, that's a good cold read, Alexandria, first off. I also think... It really was. Your <laughs> problem with this sketch may be that it's too accurate. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. feel like acting. Right. And the, the character is so overwhelmed by seeing Beyonce that she doesn't really do or say anything but yeah. get caught on a clothing rack. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually well written. George knows me a little too well. Yeah. <laughs> Part of what's interesting about storytelling is that we cut out all of this. <laughs> right. And you go, I thought I saw Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe... Maybe even, I saw Beyonce at Target. Yeah, yes. or we might start with Beyonce or post-meeting Beyonce. Right. This is the prequel to something interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is the nice I thing anybody's it. ever said about my writing. It's the prequel to something interesting. <laughs> well, back in the graveyard, George. George, we got so many emails and comments from this Gone with the Wind pop culture blind spot. We've only aired half of it, so we're going to go ahead and hear what you thought of the second half of Gone with the Wind. Yeah, this movie is long as hell. (laughs) I am a working man. I don't have the time to sit around and watch a four-hour movie. Uh, You can't Um, live your Southern Belle life like mm -mm. Scarlet. And I was thinking that if this movie came out around now, they would have just cut it into two movies. The sequel would have been called Scarlet Endgame. Ooh. Picking up where we left off at intermission, Scarlet was leaving from Atlanta to go to Terra, and it's like the Oregon Trail. Scarlet and Rhett have this big fight on the trip. She gets to Terra. It's awful. And that's when she's on the hill, and it's red behind her. She goes, I will never go hungry again. That's where I stopped it and went to bed. Yeah, yeah. Cut to these fields and women they're working and they're complaining and Scarlet marches up and she tells them to shut up and one woman goes I hate Tara. Scarlet slaps the hell out of her and she's like don't you say that you hate Tara I can see Tara in the background and Tara ain't all that. Like I kind of hate Tara too. Her friend Melanie who's way too nice. Wait there's a Melanie in Gone with the Wind? Yeah there's a Melanie. Really? Yeah. They call her Melly. (laughs) It's like Scandal. (laughs) (laughs) Melly offers to help Scarlet 
Scarlet and Melly's really sick and Scarlet's like, no, no, stay in bed. And then you think, oh, look at Scarlet. She's learned and she's being altruistic. Mm-hmm. She really cares about Melanie. And then Scarlet undercuts herself and she goes, I have enough to worry about without you getting sick and then you're no uh, use. And then go. Melanie feels really extra horrible and it reiterates that Scarlet is such a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is maybe the biggest bitch in cinema mm-hmm. and she should be on that AFI list of villains. Mm-hmm. But we still love her, right? She's just Scarlet. Speak for yourself, yeah. TJ. I, I think she's a whole mood. Okay. I I'm feeling Scarlet right yeah. now. I can see that, I can TJ. see that. Sometimes I feel Scarlet. Like me leaving Taco Bell, I'll never go hungry again. <laughs> yeah. That's what she's talking about. Exactly. Combinations. <laughs> Some Yankee soldier breaks into the house and Scarlet kills him. And Melanie helps cover it up. And then Scarlet says, I guess I've done murder. I can't think about that now. I'll think about that tomorrow. <laughs> That's my new mantra. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so anything I do yeah. something wrong, I'm like, mm, can't think about that now. <laughs> Cut to the war is over. Hooray. But then the final act is where this movie gets weird. Come to find out worse than Yankees are carpetbaggers. Mm. They're coming in with their carpet bags. And then there's a moment where we find out that Ashley, he's a POW. Mm-hmm. And then 10 seconds after finding out he's a POW, he's released. They could have edited this out, right? This is a four-hour movie. Cut yeah. this part out. There's no tension. Mm-hmm. I'm not even worried about him because he walks in the door. Yeah. What we find <laughs> out is the carpetbaggers now have raised taxes. Scarlett owes $300 in taxes, and she only has $10. Mm-hmm. She needs a lot more money. And her dad gets really mad and chases the bill collector guy, and he dies. Mm-hmm. And then light bulb, she's like, oh, Rhett Butler, he has money. This is that iconic curtains into the dress scene, which mm-hmm. I only know because of Carol Burnett's show. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have anything to wear to go see Rhett, so she puts the drapes on and makes a dress out of it. And then, again, she's trifling. She goes to him to try to seduce him into giving her $300. And he goes, you're not worth $300. I did the math. That is $9,000 in today's money. (laughs) And that's still insulting. If a man told you, you ain't worth $9,000, you would hit him. I sure would. (laughs) Well, I guess I done murder. (laughs) I'll think about that tomorrow. (laughs) She goes and hits on Rhett, and he's like, no. So then she goes and steals her sister's bow, because he has money. And then she throws a fake tantrum to get Ashley to run this lumber company she's manipulating everyone and suddenly she becomes this tough entrepreneur i kind of like this scarlet (laughs) but then there's this whole thing where she gets attacked by the yankees and all the men have to go and kill the yankees while the women sit at home and read david copperfield which immediately made me think of will (laughs) these women would be will's friends Then Rhett helps the husbands get out of trouble by lying and saying they were all at a brothel, and that gets really weird. And then Scarlett's really melodramatic because Ashley's been shot, and they come to find out her husband's dead, and she's just drinking. She doesn't care. She keeps saying this phrase, great balls of fire, which I only knew from that song. I'm going to try to incorporate that into everyday language. Like, great balls of fire. Her husband's just died. She's crying to Brett. She's like, I'm going to go to hell. And then he goes, oh, now that you have money, you're not into me. And he me too's her. And then she's like, but I'm still into stupid Ashley. Then Brett proposes to her. And she says, yes. And then he says, did you say yes because you want my money? And I don't think you should be asking questions you don't want the answer to. Exactly. You know what's up. Then Scarlett's like, I want a big ass diamond and a big house. And everyone who was ever mean to me will be jealous. And I think if Rhett had just waited a minute, he would have known she's just marrying him for the money. Hello. This is the moment where I realized that Scarlett O'Hara is Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls. They're the same character. Melodramatic. She retired to Florida and living her best life. (laughs) (laughs) With her friends. 
they go on their honeymoon to Nolens, and <laughs> Scarlet has a nightmare, and then she's like, "I'm having a nightmare. We have to go back to Terra." Everything starts moving really fast. They move to Terra. She has a baby, and she's complaining because the baby made her fat. So she says she's not going to have any more children. And come to find out that that time, having no more children meant you're not having sex with your husband. Mm. I didn't realize that this epic romance has an entire third act where the main couple is not having sex. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to his prostitute friend to discuss his marital problems. How would you feel if you had a fight with your husband and then he went to his prostitute friend to talk about his problems? Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a problem. Yeah. Do you think Lily would be okay with that, Will, if you had a fight and then you went to your prostitute friend to talk about it? Probably not, George. Okay, well, I guess so. <laughs> Thanks for feeding that one. Yes, and there. This starts feeling like one of those will-they-won't-they they shows. Yeah. Like, will-they-won't-they, they, but after they get together, the mm-hmm. seasons after Ross and Rachel get together, and you're kind mm-hmm. of not that into them. Yeah. Scarlet gets busted with Ashley, who I hate. Rhett finds out and makes her go to this party, and afterward, he gets wasted, and they have the most uncomfortable conversation. And I'm trying not to watch this with 2019 eyes, and mm-hmm. except for when it is, but I think even in the 1800s, a husband telling his wife, I want to smash in your skull, was inappropriate. Yeah, a little rude. I know Lily would not accept that. She would not be okay with that? Mm -hmm. Especially if you had just gone to your prostitute friend. Particularly, It's like insult to injury, right? Exactly. Where's Melanie? Uh, Melanie's the person whose party she went to. (gasps) Rhett was expecting there was going to be a scandal. Melanie's too nice for a scandal. Yeah. It kind of went nowhere. It was just Scarlett was wearing this great dress for a minute. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to smash your skull. And then they fight, and then he like picks her up and takes her upstairs. Oh, I remember that. File her, oh. and that's when I started thinking about the show Big Little Lies and Nicole Kidman's character. Yeah, and that made me uncomfortable too. Mm-hmm. And then Scarlett wakes up the next morning. She's not pissed that her husband just did that. Uh-huh. She's singing in Afterglow, uh. which made me think about how often that happens in movies mm-hmm. where people have great sex and then they're singing in the next morning. Mm-hmm. And I realize that I don't do that. Is this one of those things that only happens in movies, or have I just never had good sex? Am I missing out here? I got a degree in musical theater. Oh, do you? So you do all the opening act of Newsies. <laughs> yeah, I keep tap shoes. <laughs> I'm sure that's not obnoxious. <laughs> so Red's over her, and he's like, I want a divorce. And he takes her daughter, and they go to London. And then there's more fighting, and he threatens to whip her and calls her a bad mother. And they get to London and the daughter has a bad dream and then they come back. This isn't a thing. You don't just travel across the pond in the 1800s and go, oh, you had a nightmare. Let's go home. Rhett gets home and, spoiler alert, he and Scarlett have a fight on the stairs because she's pregnant and she goes, I don't even want this baby. And then he goes, well, maybe you'll have an accident. And then boom, she falls down the stairs. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my God. Right? And I I did not know that this movie takes this direction. Scarlett has this tragic miscarriage and it's really depressing. And then the daughter dies. Oh, no. And then Millie comes over to consult Rhett. And then she dies. And and that's where Mammy earns her Oscar, right? She's just like carrying the movie for us. Because it's really uncomfortable where you're like, I don't like these people. And I don't know who to root for anymore. At the end of the movie, it gets really tragic. Everyone dies. She's lost all these children. Wow. And then after Melly dies, Rhett is just basically, okay, we'll go and be with Ashley now that his wife is dead. And Ashley doesn't want her. They're on his wife's deathbed. And he's 
crying because he loves his wife and she's dying and then scarlet makes it about herself and she's like how dare you love your wife mm-hmm. <laughs> and she leaves him because he has been loving his wife and how dare you mm-hmm. be faithful all these years mm-hmm. while i've been pining over you that's when she decides she's just going to be with rat and she goes home and rat is over her bs mm-hmm. that's where we get that big scene where he is like peace out and he is packing his stuff in his bag and he's like i'm out of here and she's like no no but i but I love you. Oh, and he's like, well, sucks to be you because I am leaving, oh, right? that's the whole Wolf Frankly uh, My yeah. Dear. Yeah. And she goes, what will I do? And he goes, Frankly My Dear, I don't give a damn. <gasps> and I'm like, yeah, right, because he's my favorite. And then I thought the movie ended there and it doesn't. This is where the editor should have come in because then she melodramatically belly crawls across the living room and collapses on the stairs and is sobbing. And then here's all these voices in her head, like she's TJ, and they're going like, Tara, 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 Tara. She's like, I know what I'm going to do. And she looks up, I'm going to win him back. Oh, <laughs> and she's girl. Like, and then it kind of ends. That's not the ending mm-hmm. of a strong, independent woman. That's like the no. ending of Sex in the City, where happiness is with a man. <laughs> yeah. I'm fascinated by this movie. It's far better than I ever expected it to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is way depressing. I could have done without Scarlet Endgame half. Mm-hmm. The first half is much better. I'm really disturbed by the end of this movie. This Doesn't he grim. carry her up the stairs in the end? No, he leaves. He carries her up the stairs when he's all drunk and they're fighting. And he, you know, takes her up the stairs without her consent. But that's <laughs> not the don't give a damn moment. No, don't give a damn name. It's like the penultimate line. He's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's the famous line from the end of the movie. Wow. This long epic story is about some trifling bitch who (laughs) never learned and lost her man. And in the end, it's like, I'm going to win him back. Yeah, she sounds pretty insufferable. Only child, probably. Uh, No, she had that sister she stole that bow from. I love Omarosa. So if I think you're a totally rotten human being, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, that's true. This is true. Well... Folks, to end this episode, we've got this gentleman from the cleaning staff who's trying to kick us out of the studio, and we've been telling him for 20 minutes that, sir, we're in the middle of a podcast, and frankly, we don't give Give a a damn. damn. (laughs) <laughs> oh, sorry, was that only you? Sorry, I'll just chime in. Okay, is, sorry. You want to do that again? It's all good. You, you do it. You, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. I think... <laughs> could bad. you try and maybe sing the line? Yeah. Sir, frankly... I don't... <clears throat> I don't give a damn. And we gotta go. Bye, everybody. Yeah. That does it for this episode of The Funniest People I Know. We broadcast on Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. on the Georgia Radio Reading Service. The podcast is available Sundays on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or just ask Alexa to play Funniest People I Know. Please help us spread the word, rate, review, and subscribe. Contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Funniest People I Know or email funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. Have yourselves a hilarious week.